Hello, and welcome to another episode of In Conversation. I'm your host, Pat King, a contributor at Ears to Feed. Today, we are honored to have a truly special guest on our show, the San Diego punk legend, John Reese. Known for being a member of countless influential bands like Drive Like Jehu, Rocket from the Crypt, and Hot Snakes, Reese has remained tirelessly prolific over the last three decades. This year is no different, as he is set to release albums with two newly christened projects. First, as a guitarist of the San Diego supergroup Plosives, with Pinback's Rob Crow, Rocket from the Crypt and Against Me drummer Adam Willard, and Jordan Clark of Miss Magician on bass. His second project, Ride the Wild Night, is his long-in-the-making first solo release under his Swami John Reese moniker. The album is everything you would hope for from Reese in the singer-songwriter mode, as it borrows elements from punk and early rock and roll with some unexpected influences thrown into the mix. Ride the Wild Night and the self-titled Plosives album are currently out on all streaming platforms, with physical releases on the way. Plosives will also be starting their first ever tour tonight at Brooklyn's St. Vitus. In this conversation, we discuss the origins of both these new projects, a new album in the works from Hot Snakes, preserving the human aspect of recording music, writing with Rob Crow versus writing with Drive Like Jehu and Hot Snakes frontman Rick Froberg, bringing an element of confrontation to his performances, the legendary Rocket from the Crypt tattoo policy, and so much more. I hope you enjoy! Hello. Hey, John. How's it going? You got me? It's going yeah. good. You got me back? Good. Awesome. Yeah. Can you can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So yeah. is is that the belly of Swami Industries over there? Is yeah. is that what I'm looking at? Yeah, it's where the computer is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing really good, actually. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a pleasure to meet you. I've been a fan of, fan of your music for so long. Where are you at? I'm in Philadelphia. Oh, cool, Rad. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, plosives when when you guys come through. Cool, cool, cool. I was just uh, what you see here was uh, hot snakes was uh, just we were recording. We had started recording our uh, a record about three years ago, maybe more, maybe oh, like wow. four. And we just are finishing up now. So um, Jason, our drummer, he lives in Philadelphia. So ah, oh, so cool. Oh man, that's that's amazing. Yeah, Jericho Sirens was one of my favorite. Thanks. I, mean, I think one of my favorite records of the last decade, I think. <laughs> yeah. I'm really stoked on the new one. I think it's way better, actually. Oh, really? Oh, man, yeah. that's exciting to yeah. hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, you've been insanely prolific forever, but this year feels special in a, in a lot of ways. I mean, you've got this solo Swami John Reese record out and then this Plosives record, and now I'm I'm so excited to hear a, a new Hot Snakes record. I mean... Yeah, the Hot Snakes record's gonna. T- it'll be a while before that comes out. We're 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 still working on it and everything. But um, I think you know I'm always writing. I'm always um, you know, there's always music in my head, even if there's nothing to show for it. It seems like there's always something, you know, kind of some kind of noise between the ears. So uh, I a, a lot of the things that are coming out now have been in the works, you know, c- kind of for a while. The right. Swami Reese record was started. A very long time ago, 
kept hitting like kind of some some speed bumps here that kind of you know where it would take a back seat to um you know drive like jehu reunion or rocket from the crib reunion shows and then hot snakes reunion shows it just kept kind of like well we'll do this some other time so i'm really stoked to to have it out now i'm really excited to put a band together around it we did have a band together that was supposed to tour a couple years ago but then something weird happened where all the shows were canceled. I don't know what. Um, right. Yeah. Something. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, so I'm really, I'm really looking forward to getting, uh, putting that back together, reassembling that and, and going for it later on in the year. So. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I wanted to ask you about that because when I got the advance, there was like a little, a little timestamp underneath, underneath the file that said uh-huh. 2017. So I was, mm-hmm. I was wondering, I mean, yeah. I guess how long has this have you been? That's when it was record? 2017 was when it was, I guess, finished in terms of the mixes. Right. I think what you're hearing is probably an unmastered version, maybe. And then it was mastered uh probably that same year. And then um and then yeah, uh then there was I think at that time it was hot snakes shows happening. Um and and kind of was really busy with that. And with the hot snakes, it was you know, a lot of the opportunities when you go away for a long time and you come back, there's that, you know, that absence makes the heart grow fonder. So there was this, um, you know, after years when you're, it's, it's not like we ever like, uh, that we ever really cared if people like what we did or not, but when people seem to kind of like, oh yeah, we want to see the band. And there was somewhat of a demand. It did feel really good to the point where it's like, well, we shouldn't piss on this. We should just keep playing and keep having a good time and roll with it until you know until they have a, a a change of heart and then we'll 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 kind of think about the next move then so yeah so kind of just that that kind of happened and um yeah the record swami john reese record i don't know when it really when you know tracked it here in this room that you're looking at right now i don't know when maybe some of it was probably recorded as far back as 2000 and well, definitely probably around 2013. The first kind of drum stuff was probably put down then. Yeah, 2014, somewhere around then. And then, but then some of it was, you know, was recorded all the way, you know, like right up to 2017. So right. it's a it's a it's a body of work that kind of has existed for a long time, but um was able to just kind of pick at it here and there over the years. So um did you mostly write it on acoustic guitar? There's, there's yeah. a lot of acoustic guitars. On yeah, that. pretty much the whole record was written, except for the couple songs where there, where the acoustic isn't present. Um, Do you want to make out that was like, was not written on the acoustic guitar. And Vape in the Dark alone was not <laughs> on the acoustic guitar, but everything else was with acoustic. And then uh, my friend Joey, who plays piano on the record, that was kind of the nucleus right there, the acoustic guitar and the acoustic piano, so... Yeah, there's there's this real like there's a real boogie to it. Um, mm-hmm. and and it kind of evokes, you know, early rock and roll a little bit, but I I could see in another world where this would be you know, if you fleshed it out a certain way where it could be a rocket record if if you wanted mm-hmm. it to be. Was was there initially any plan to or any kind of decision that had to cross your mind where you thought maybe this could be a rocket record or this is strictly a solo record or yeah i never thought of it in those terms because 
I was having so much fun kind of writing these songs and coming up with them with with different people and that's what really helped make it sound different i can't escape myself completely you know i can try to do other things but um sometimes it just is what it is and i you know i'm going to sound the way i sound when i pick up a guitar no matter if it's an acoustic or a 12 string or an electric it's still my hand holding a pick you know hitting the strings making contact there is a certain sound to that 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 i can't really really change uh, so I surround myself with other people and other instrumentation to kind of take it to a different place. It was, this wasn't ever a, um, none of these songs were like rocket songs. That's for sure. They, and they could be, you know, they, they, they could be in the sense that like rocket from the crypt is a great band of, of guys who have, have amazing chops that can pull off anything. And so in that, in that regard, yeah, it could have been, you know, but no, this was always supposed to be something that, you know, it was supposed to occupy a different gear, you know, like acoustic piano, acoustic guitar. And then from there, you know, we'll see, but that's kind of where it started. I wanted to, I really wanted to um, conceptually just kind of like hold on to that because I knew um, eventually I would, you know, I love the, I love rules, you know, and play with those rules and try to see what you can create within those confines. But I also know that, you know, I've done this long enough to know that those rules um, can also um, if you stick to them too, for too long, they can be detrimental to, to progress. So it's good, like a haiku to create within a form, but then after a while, things tend to take on a life of their own. And it's, it's best to do that in the best let go and let things just be what they are. So I knew that with the acoustic guitar and the piano, as soon as we started playing live, I knew that the acoustic guitar would probably be the first thing that would be bailed on because getting and this is maybe more of a technical thing, but I have a really hard time getting a good acoustic sound live. I mean, it looks more like a prop. It does sonically, it doesn't really provide the same you know, character and, and influence over the sound as it, as it can in the studio where I have the guitar in my hand and I have a mic up to it. And I got my, my cans on and I'm like moving the guitar to find the sweet spot right there. And then there it is. It sounds good. And then leaning into it and just giving it a go and then just kind of playing with it in the headphones like like live that you don't do that you're just basically like you're plugging into some device that is a, some kind of simulation and some di or something yeah and then and it always ends up sounding kind of like a washboard you know like <laughs> yeah like yeah. some John, johnny cash used it pretty much as like a rhythm instrument you know right and it, and it works so well because how stripped down the sound was and how quiet you know and vocal forward um, that music is, I knew as soon as you put like a drum set playing rock and roll, you know, um, it, it just, it would just sound like, yeah, a rat in a box trying to escape. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, that's, I, I don't even know if that was your question. But, oh, no, no, no. But, I'm, I'm but, just, but, but it's, that, it's... That, that's, that, that was kind of the thing with rock, you know, where with rocket, I knew if it was, it would very much sound like, rocket from the crypt if these songs were to be interpreted by that band which would be a cool thing i just wanted to, to do something different right and and i'm, I'm sure with rocket you can introduce things like I, I think i heard like a modular synth in in some tracks and maybe a harpsichord I, I, yeah I was... that's a fake harpsichord but yeah <laughs> there there's a fake harpsichord yeah yeah but yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm finding sure. a harpsichord is really difficult. <laughs> I don't <laughs> sure. Yeah. I don't know if there's. I'm sure there's one in San Diego somewhere. It's probably out of tune, and we'd have to. I don't know how you would get it to the studio. So plus, I I, I wouldn't know if if you should trust like a 
Craigslist posting about harpsichord players or something. Like right. That. Yeah. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden you're like belong to a LARPing guild or something like that. <laughs> yeah. For which sure. isn't the worst thing, but not my interest. So. Yeah. I, I mean, so I, I know you're about to go on the road with plosives, um, which is another record that you're coming out with, with uh, Rob Crow and Adam Willard. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I guess with this solo material, um, it, are there plans to tour? The, the yeah. Record or, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're booking, we're booking some shows right now. They're not, it's not going to be extensive dates. Um, but yeah, I want to get to the point where this band, you know, one thing is I wanted to put a band together involved just people here in San Diego. Cause I'm in quite a few bands with people who don't live here in town. Right. So it makes kind of doing the, you know, you know, the birthday parties, quinceañeras and just Tuesday open mic night makes those kind of opportunities nearly impossible to do. So I wanted something that could be a bit more immediate, like, yeah, let's just do this thing, you know? Um, so yeah. So we're putting some stuff together for August, but I, I don't think we're coming out your way in August, but hopefully eventually we will. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Yeah. It, it seems like with, because I, I think the last big tour you did was with me first in the gimme gimme's right. As, yeah. As like a that tourist. was last year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it just seems like, it seems like tours where you're kind of the focal point are pretty few and far between. Is, is there any reason for that or? Well, you know? I, I mean, it's like, I always feel like I'm the focal point even when I'm not. So. <laughs> oh, true. <Yeah>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Everyone's listening to me yeah, and first they give me give me. I'm sure they're just honing in. The band has never sounded as good as, I don't know why. <laughs> right. But um, something yeah, about I, that, the I pummeling did. downstrokes is really breathe some new life into these songs you know i mean in my <laughs> mind that is what i'm hearing but um yeah but, I, uh, I, you know I with, with, with hot snakes go oh, ahead oh, go ahead i was uh, just gonna say with hot snakes it's like i really say i i consider myself like more of a guitar player than anything else so that's my voice and and writing songs with with hot snakes and playing them live and and playing with rick um i feel completely like 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 I may, I have plenty of opportunity for expression in that band that I feel like that's who I am, even though I'm not singing the songs or writing the lyrics. Um, that's, that feels like me completely, you know? So, uh, but as far as like singing in a band, yeah, rocket, um, you know, we play sometimes, but not very often. It's usually a couple shows a year and, um, yeah. And so that's about it. I was in a band called the Sultans and we have, we kind of do the same where we play like maybe once a year. So hopefully with this, um, this will be something where, yeah, I'll be doing it, um, spending a lot of time doing this in the future. I really enjoy doing it. And the band that, that, that I have assembled are, they're all, they're all great singers too. So it's cool to be in a group where vocals are, um, are and, and group vocals, backup vocals are, are, are important and able to execute them in a way where it's like, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say I'm the worst singer in the band, but I'm definitely not the best singer in the band. It's like there's guys in the band who can sing better than I can. So it feels good to be supported by people who can kind of, you know, I can kind of lean back and they'll, they'll kind of prop me up and make me sound really good. So with, um, with the record taking such a long time to kind of get ready for consumption in, 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 in a sense, um, did it kind of damper your excitement about creating yeah. solo yeah. stuff? Or, yeah. Right? Well, it, it wasn't about creating. It dampered it because we were already kicked in the nuts a couple of times where 
we had these setbacks. We're like, okay, here we go. We're going to charge it. Oh, we can't now. And, you know, a lot of the musicians in the band, they're also, you know, they play with other people, you know, they are kind of pickup musicians. They're, they're great players and therefore they're, they're in demand. And um, so, and then I was really busy. So there was kind of like this start and stop, start and stop. So with um, the pandemic, which I, you know, I don't mean to talk about it in terms of something that has happened because it is still, you know, happening. It's still evolving. It's not over, but when it was at its worst, you know, it seemed like, well, I'm never going to be able to do this ever again. Not only this band, but maybe no band. I mean, and that's starting from a place where I couldn't see myself ever going to a show again, just as an audience member. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right, I'm yeah. not like, like, I'm not going to fuck shows. So. <laughs> I, I want to live. <laughs> right. know, so, so I am. Um, yeah. So we'll just, it, it, it does seem like we're in a better place now. We'll see. Um, but that was the, that was the thing that kind of, kind of dampened the mood was just the uncertainty word what was happening in the world what was happening um and just and then spending a tremendous amount of energy i'll admit being afraid and being freaked out you know so what what about um i guess writing for future swami john reese projects like uh-huh. since it's you know since these songs have been done since 2017 have you, have yeah. you been writing more specifically oh yeah more? Yeah, we have a whole nother record that that's basically been tracked. And I, I think this record really benefited from just kind of marinating on it for a while, although that was never the intention. Sitting back, having some distance from from the material, uh, reapproaching it, going, oh, man, I'm glad I didn't put that out. I want to change this. I want to make that better. I want to do it. You know, there's always a, a an, an immediacy to everything I do because there's there's plenty of opportunities to kind of um, go off script and kind of just like, let's just see what happens. You know, uh, I, I, I don't need to make more opportunities to go in kind of blind. Cause there's already plenty of, of examples in the music where, um, we don't know what's going to happen at a certain part and something great happens, but sometimes, uh, something great does not happen. And you might think it's great because it's the first time you have heard it or experienced it. And you're just so maybe also delighted that you came up with anything at all. And uh, then you're then you kind of like, oh, great, we have something. But then with distance, you realize that, nah, I I could do better than that, you know. So I think the record, it's very simple. It's a very simple record. It, uh, structurally, the songs are very simple and um you know, lyrically, everything, it's, it's, it's very traditional. And that's part of the concept too, is I wanted to honor the traditions of rock and roll, the stuff that I really like. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, you know, it's weird because like, I, I like I'll, my favorite music, I mean, I have lots of different, you know, kinds of, there's lots of music that I really love, but I think the music that I listen to the most is probably like 1960s rhythm and blues. I love the music. Uh, from New Orleans at that period, but all over the United States. I really like that kind of where, where rock and roll kind of like where, where rhythm and blues kind of turned into something a bit more sophisticated, but still retained a lot of its uh, kind of wildness, feral, very, you know, but, but, but then played by these excellent players, musicians and singers and the recording. So great. I, I really like that stuff. I also like a lot of the 60s, you know, rock and roll stuff, 
fifties rock and roll blues. This, this, this music I've liked for a very long time, you know, like even in high school, I, I, you know, I liked a lot of the, this kind of music, but, you know, obviously through the eight, through the years, you dig deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, but just because I immerse myself and that doesn't mean it necessarily shows up literally in the music, you know, it takes a while. Right. So, whereas something like the Flaming Groovies, who have always been a big influence on, you know, rock from the crypt, at least dating back to, to, to the late nineties, you know, where we re were really listening to them a lot. At least I was, uh, it never really showed up, you know, literally in the music, it was there, but it didn't show up literally. I think on a record like this, it's like, it's just now some of these things are starting to bubble to the surface, I guess, if that makes any sense. They've always been there kind of, um, kind of with, you know, a finger on the wheel, but now they're kind of, you know, they bubble to the surface and you can kind of see them, you know, uh, you know, on, on, on right there on display. So, yeah, that, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense when you listen to it and, um, yeah, just kind of the, and what, what you're saying about simple structures and, and just kind of focusing on rhythm rather than, um, anything else. It, it really shows through. Oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and it's a really, it's a real fun record in the sense that it's, those songs are fun to play, you know? So, and that was, wasn't necessarily something that I felt was important. I'm really happy that it is that way because you know, we'll be practicing here in another couple minutes and it's, it's, you know, I look forward to it. It's fun to play those songs. It's really cool. So, so tell me about plosives. How did, how did that kind of come together? Well, that, that started with uh, Rob and I, we have uh, children that went to the same school and uh, there was a, a lot of musicians, uh, children went to this school. It was a very creative school, a great school in San Diego called the museum school. And uh, the, the director of the school, the principal uh, is a good friend. And he would, you know, because it is a San Diego city school, you know, funds are always an issue and trying to raise the resources in order to give the kids the best education. So they would um, throw these benefits to raise money for the school in one year. He asked if I had any musical projects that would want to play, you know, at the benefit. And I didn't have anything. I mean, I had stuff that I was doing, but there was people out of town and it just, you know, the scheduling wasn't right. So um, I said, you know, Rob and I have been talking about putting something together. Maybe we'll put something together just for this, for the benefit. Um, you know, just basically we had talked about playing and this was an opportunity to like, okay, we can do it now and kind of set, set things in motion. So we did put a band together. Um, I'm so bad with dates. I'm sorry, dude. It, I maybe what I'm going to say 2000 and <laughs> yeah, no worries. I don't know. <laughs> pre pre pandemic, you know? And so, uh, so yeah, so we um, put a band together. I think we had like seven songs. I I don't know if all seven of them are on the record. We weren't called Plosives. We didn't have a name. Uh, it was a different bass player and a different drummer. But it it was pretty much what we are in terms of uh, you know it 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 wasn't quite as um, you know it wasn't executed in the same way because of different people being involved. But it was that more or less it was what we were doing, you know, what what we are doing now. And then uh, the intention was let's continue. So we would pra we practice some and then that thing happened where everything kind of shut down for some reason for two years. And then it it was um, 
Rob is, I'm really impressed by Rob's ability to uh, create and his, his work ethic when it comes to writing music is, um, is above anyone else's I've ever kind of been around. You know, it's, it's a really infectious energy and, uh, and it's exciting and it's, uh, it's definitely keeps me on my toes. And he was like, you know, I don't know if it was, I might be getting this wrong, but, but somehow we came about to this, to the point where it's like, maybe we can make a record during the pandemic. This is like pre vaccine vaccines and whatnot. And maybe there's a way we can record these songs by sending them back and forth and, you know, minimal contact and kind of use this opportunity where we can't really do anything else to kind of, you know, to, to do this band because the songs were, you know, were pretty much there. And so that's what we did. And we enlisted two new members guys. Well, at least with, with Adam, that was someone who I felt um, had the means to record, you know, he was living in LA and then moved to Nashville. So I, but I knew that even at that distance, he, we could trade, you know, I, I want to say music, but literally they're files, right? Trade the right. files, go back and forth. And that, what I'm talking about now is like demoing stuff. But I knew that no matter that the, that the band was not going to be able to um, kind of exist like a, like a normal band. And at this time, like we weren't going to be able to hang out for hours in a room, shooting the shit, um, trying different things out. Um, you know, the, 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 democratic artistic process where you're sitting around in a room and trying everything out and this and that and blowing things up and bring them back together. I knew it was going to, you know, we would have to rely on just people that were able to kind of be independent and do something that would not require, um, you know, that kind of need of collaboration where they would just kind of do their thing and that's what it would be. So, um, that's kind of where we, how we ended up playing with, with, with uh, Adam. And then with Jordan, I knew we needed a bass player who could, could sing because Rob does so many, you know, his vocals are often, you know, layered. And, um, and I just felt that it could use something to support that, you know, and, and Jordan is a great, uh, great musician great singer and I'd work with him in this band called Mrs. Magician, a band that I had recorded, right. put out on Swami. And uh, yeah, just a fan of his and uh, thought he would just be a good addition to the band. So, so yeah, so the band, we, we kind of traded these demos back and forth and we set up a day in the studio here in San Diego. It was the first time everyone had been in the same room together. First time people had met each other and, and here we go. He had, introduce you to him to him him okay now roll tape and we just hit the hit the ground running um so it wasn't ideal it wasn't the way that i liked that none of none of us like to make records that way you know um but it was the best we could do at the time and i think it came out really really good considering you know i'm really happy with it so, so you actually got together to record it wasn't kind of passing stuff no else. no when it there was one day where we were in the studio together yeah Oh, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so funny. I think that's something that kind of came out of the pandemic where, like you were saying, you didn't have time to kind of, you know, have those down moments in the studio to kind of, you know, shoot the shit, joke around, or, you know, even talk about construction of songs. But 
with the pandemic, I feel like a lot of records are being made this way where ideas are being passed back and forth. Like I was, I was shocked to find out that the new Elvis Costello and the Imposters record was all done by passing files around. Mm-hmm. But those, but those guys are like, like you all, like such total pros, where they just know where the song needs to go, what the energy needs to be. I, I guess looking back after doing a record this way and have having done so many records, you know, the natural way, do you think those down moments are kind of a hindrance to the recording process in some regards like the okay, what do you mean that oh uh, the down no i do not think i think doing distance rocking sucks yeah. it's just the, i i really think it blows it's not fun um but hey it's a way to, to make music it's a way to, to to keep creative it's a way to create stuff make stuff in a time when making things with other people is very very difficult dangerous you know yeah so so um so yeah so i'm not i'm I'm grateful for the technology to be able to enable us to continue but no it's not like oh i didn't need you know i i can work great from home so now i'm not not going to go to my work anymore no i don't (laughs) want to work from home i want to work with my friends in a room i want i mean it it does make it better it does It, it totally does and even if it makes it worse it makes it better <laughs> because it's more fun. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's way more fun, you know? And, uh, and I suck at computers. I suck at like, you know, like I'm wearing glass. I can't even look, you know, you just look like a blur to me right now. I hate looking at a screen. It, it fucking blows, you know? So um, we got all these great amps. We got cool, cool gear, you know, yeah, what right. I'm supposed to just plug into this, thing and a computer you know it's like you know, it just it just seems and for people who can really manipulate that more power to them i'm just saying this is what i like to do you know i don't like i don't i'm not a um a purist when it comes to um recording you know in terms of analog digital plugins whatever i don't really care i like music you know i like great ideas you know but this is i'm kind of at the peak of my you know, of my ability in terms of like with technology, I know that, that, um, any more, if I invest any more into the technology, it's going to get in the way of me creating. It's going to, it's going to, it's not going to help me make, it's not going to make it easier for me. It's going to make it more difficult. And therefore at a, another step in the process that, that ultimately you don't want to do, you know, you want to just get strict, you know, connected, get that idea, you know, kind of, kind of without any resistance like documented you know so right you you were talking about rob's kind of ability to juggle and really prioritize and and you know kind of have that brain where he can compartmentalize different things it it strikes me as as funny because I, i feel like you're you're that way with so many you have so many projects that you're working on at all times i think we're i think there is a similarity for sure yeah yeah yeah. How how was he different? You know, did did you kind of learn anything from his process looking at him or? Well, I think I I don't know how he's different. I think he's better at a lot of it than I am for sure. Oh yeah, uh, he, he's better at uh, being able to just uh, kind of take an idea and then go this way with it, or go move to left or right, and just kind of. And, and he, he has, I always refer to it as like a bag of tricks where it's like when you're, when you're experienced, 
you know, you come into a certain situation and you've seen that situation before, you kind of know how to deal with it in musical terms, like, oh, I think, it, you know, here's a key that it can go to, or maybe it needs to do this here now. And that kind of comes from, from intuition and experience. And he just has that um, big time where he just knows, okay, this should do this or this should do that. He also is really driven by a voice in his head, which I can relate to because sometimes you just hear it that way. And, you know, it is music. It's something that it's fun to talk about, but when it comes down to it, it's the reason why we make music is because we're expressing things that you can't really are hard to express and, and just in language, you know? So, um, so I, I, I really respect that about him as well. Um, and yeah, I think he's very conceptual. This is going to be this and he, and he'll have the idea for something and then create around that idea. Um, for sure. I know he does that. I don't know if it's so much with the plosives, but definitely in his other, other stuff, he, that's definitely a thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's very prolific, but he's, but he's prolific because he has so many ideas and that is difficult for me to keep up with because they're not just ideas, they're musical kind of, um, they're, they're, they're musical uh, concepts that are for me are oftentimes very hard to execute because on top of all this, he's a shredding guitar player, you know, who <laughs> yeah. come up with all this amazing music. And, and so it's one thing to have all these ideas, but then to have all these ideas that have almost ideas within the ideas, you know, where it does certain things and splinters off, um, it's been it's been really great but it's been it's been difficult for me in the best possible sense you know it's been it's been difficult and i've been, i've appreciated and enjoyed that difficulty because that's taken me into another kind of another realm that i would not have just fallen into on my own that's for sure yeah i mean when you first got together to you know make these songs like you were saying, he he's just someone that, you know, he can make a metal record, he can make, you know, pinback stuff. But it, it seems like listening to this record, there is, you hear so much of, of your personality as a guitar player on this record, you know, it, it kind of brings to mind a lot of the stuff you do with Hot Snakes. Was he, did he specifically kind of want that from you? What, was that a discussion? No, you know, um, no, it, that's just what I had at the time. And I was writing for a Hot Snakes record, but was, and I was kind of, you know, mentally in that occupying that kind of space. Uh, for me, uh, you know, I will maybe, you know, I can go months without writing a song, but then there might be a two week period where I come up with 12 or 13 songs, right. but they're all kind of within a same, there's a motif, you know, there's something there that kind of connects them. It feels like, you know, I'm just kind of like mining you know, so it's, it literally is like mining where you're just like, okay, I've hit this kind of ore, and I'm just going to kind of like, just keep pulling from it until I've exhausted it all. And it's gone. Like I've, I've had as much fun as I can with, with, with this idea, with this motif kind of thing. And so I was, you know, it was the pan, it was isolation, right? I was writing music, I was hopefully writing music for the hot snakes because we had started a record and I wanted to finish it. But uh, those guys, there was a lot of things with the band where it just didn't really make sense to, uh, to, to try to get together. I mean, that's a band that is not going to make a record by passing files back and forth. 
Right. That's just not happening. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's great because that's what that, that's what we, that's what we do in that band. You know, we, even if it starts with just Jason and myself or just Gar and myself or just a couple people, still it comes from, you know, just being in a room together, bringing more people in and then building upon that, you know, I, I uh, went to um, I went to one of the Hot Snakes reunion shows at the Bell House, and I think that uh, was, I think that tour, it, it was before Jericho Sirens, but you were kind of debuting some songs off that record. Uh-huh. I just remember hearing "Having One More" and looking at my friend, and both of our jaws just, were just dropped. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I, I totally know what you mean. I, I feel like there's such an energy, you know, to that band. Um, I, I guess with Rick, you know. I guess what's, what's the difference between working with Rick and, and Rob in that regard? Like, well, they're, I mean, they're both they're I mean, they're, they're great friends with each other. You know, it's like Rick and Rob. I mean, they used to, I think they used to be roommates, you know? So um, I know, I know Rob through Rick, you know, Rick asked Rob to sing on the Jehu record, you know? So, right, uh, yeah. so, so that's how I know Rob. Also, I know Rob from, you know, the bands that he played in here in San Diego and being a fan of those bands, but but it's more through Rick, you know? So um, they're, they're complete, they're, they're different in so many ways, but they're similar in so many ways as well. Um, You know, Rick is, Rick is more traditional, you know, when it comes to just like the stuff that he's into and the song structures that he gravitates towards and, um, you know, and he's more, you know, rock and roll, you know, he's not, I don't think Rick listens to a whole lot of, you know, maybe contemporary music. That doesn't mean that he, you know, he turns his back on it, but I think he's more attracted to kind of like timeless uh, rock and roll fun, that kind of music. Um, Whereas Rob, Rob is just, he's such a fan. And this is where I connect with him is like, he likes so much stuff, you know, and he's such a fan and he devours like art and he just absorbs it. And he shares it with me. You know, he's turning me on to music and film and um, and comics and just all this stuff that 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 we kind of bond over and geek out on. Um, yeah, and so so they're different. Whereas Rick, I think, I mean, I don't know, but I I, I could see Rick being happy with just owning ten records, his ten, <laughs> his ten favorite records. You know what I mean? And just kind of like. Kind of like, you know, um, there's there's something about him that's just kind of more stripped down when it comes to um, artistically, you know, and creatively. It's, he's a bit more stripped down. Where is, you know, in Hot Snakes, I'm the guy that's like, hey, maybe we should add a double the vocal, you know, and Rick will be, oh, I don't know. I just kind of just want the one. Whereas, you know, um, implosives, you know, Rob is like, beyond me in terms of like well maybe we should use five vocals or whatever <laughs> yeah, right, right. he's kind of like you know so it's like i'm kind of i think i'm somewhat in between them both you know and i never really thought about that but in a way i think i'm kind of in between them both in terms of um the way that you know make the way we make music right and and i guess that's kind of why in in some ways that the maximalism of, of something like drive like jehu Mm-hmm. Kind of couldn't sustain, right? Because do you, do you feel like Rick kind of wanted to that? Maybe you both kind of wanted to pare things down a little bit for Hot Snakes. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I can't say. I mean, uh, 
I, I really love playing drive like you. I really love playing the reunion shows to me were even better than when we were a band. Um, you know, we like, I had changed a bit as a person. And uh, since we, when we started, I think probably Rick did, I think we all did, you know? And so there was more joy where before it might felt a little bit like we were just like whipping ourselves um, with the reunion. I, I think there was more like, like, uh, and I, I don't even think it had everything to do with the appreciation that people were showing and, and that support. I think it, that helped, don't get me wrong, but I think it had more to do with just being a bit older and uh, priorities changing. You know, for me, I remember like if an amp blew or if something sounded weird, it was like, that was a terrible fucking show. And I would just have them. And now it's just kind of like, who cares? I mean, that doesn't make a, that doesn't make a bad show. You know, you should be able to, you should be able to make lemons, make lemons out of that lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like, um, you know, Yank Crime, you know, when you listen to it, it, it's so complex and, and meticulous and I'm, I'm sure, you know, it it's not meticulous. It, it, there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, and there was a lot of ideas and there's a lot, there was, you know, that's, that record's a product of, of lots of, lots of practice, lots of writing, trying ideas, uh, you know, creativity through this kind of democratic process, which isn't always great, but really worked for Drive Like Jehu for sure, you know, and um, yeah, and it's, it's hard to sustain that, but I don't think that's why we stopped. I don't think, I, I mean, when the band's, when the band stopped playing and then hot snakes started it, it wasn't a re- hot snakes wasn't a reaction to the music of 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 uh traffic jail at all didn't have anything to do with it right it was it was just another reason to play with rick and right make yeah he wasn't he wasn't in even in the band when we when we i mean it wasn't a band but it was the record that that first record was recorded with jason and myself and it's just the two of us and I tried to sing on it and I was like, Jason, this fucking blows. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds bad because it, it, to me, the music sounded so great instrumentally. And I knew it wasn't, it wasn't written to be instrumental music. It was written to be verses and choruses and vocals and, and whatnot. But it, it really, really, I was just very, very stoked on how it sounded instrumentally. So that when I put my vocals on it, it was like it took it down it didn't take it up higher and i was like this is just isn't happening we we should get a singer you know someone to sing and there wasn't a list of people it was like rick you know it was like rick was living in new york because like i i remember just thinking i think he'll be into it it's just whether or not he'd want to do it or not but i think he would like it you know and i'm glad that um he did make the time to do it because that was then that's there's the band right there you know that started the band yeah totally i i mean you kind of you kind of got that instrumental itch out with the the blind shake record you know uh-huh. are, are are there plans to do any more of those records oh man i would like to play with those guys again it'd be difficult though and and you know that wasn't an easy music to, uh, that wasn't easy music to write that wasn't an easy record to make but it was great. It was awesome. But I don't, I love the I don't, record. So I don't play guitar like that. You know, I don't really play leady single note stuff. So for me, 
that was a challenge, you know, and that was part of the appeal. Like, this is going to be hard, but if you really want to make a surf record that, that pays homage, you know, to the music that is inspired, you know, that is inspired myself, but also isn't completely just a retro piece. Isn't just like we're wearing costumes, you know, where it's, it's not like, it's not like, let's say it's the sixties, you know, Gidget, you know, we, with the with those guys with the blind shake i knew it would be okay this there's still going to be something weird about this and there's still going to be something where it sounds like it's recorded today so we're going to take the music that we love that they love as well from the past and hold hands with it and kind of join it with like what we were where we want surf music to kind of go so the the title was kind of a joke but there's truth to it too you know yeah um, i i feel like yeah I think surf music kind of doesn't get its due as this kind of complex, you know, interesting form of music. A lot of the time it's, so yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of bad surf music and there's a lot of great surf music. I think what happens is it's kind of like with doo-wop too. Like you hear like people like, like you'll read a, a review of a new band and they'll be like, yeah, you know, with doo-wop and surf influences and, there isn't any doo-wop or surf influence <laughs> on a record. I think they mean reverb. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, reverb, <laughs> like the, the be like, my baby rhythm, yeah, you know? And yeah. Was, yeah. So, so it's just funny how these, these, they, these, you know, words, these descriptions get kind of thrown about, but I, I think they've drifted from, from their, their true meaning, you know? So surf music is, you know, it, it is a bit, silly you know especially when you consider a lot of these guys didn't surf right a lot of them come yeah, from, right. from you know landlocked states and they um but that doesn't diminish their accomplishments you know and what they've created uh the guitar playing oftentimes when when at its best is is phenomenal you know and you look at certain surf band i mean you look at the ventures and you you can't really even call them a surf band they were a band who did some surf music but they were an instrumental band played all kinds of music, um, insanely talented players and, um, amazing songwriters, you know, just, and, and great interpreters of other people's music as well. I just bought myself a 1967 elk guitar. Oh, like, huh? this, like this old, it's, it's like, uh-huh. a, it's like a Mosenwright body. Right. Is that, is that the pronunciation? Mosenwright? Mosenwright. Mosenwright. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I've I've just been like I need I need to learn surf, you know, ventures covers uh, and stuff like that on this. Like, yeah, it's so great. Is, it ho- is the elk a hollow body? Some... Oh, here, let me let me show you. We can we can cut this out, but I've I've just got it right over here. <laughs> oh, it's straight up, yeah, like the ventures. <laughs> model ventures too yeah cool rad yeah, it's, it's got one of those like back cushions on it yeah so good. those are great so if you want to like take it to a ball game and put it upside down and sit on it uh, give <laughs> a nice seat cushion oh that's cool i bet you that guitar sounds great yeah it's it's really great it, it has mm. it's weird it has you know humbucker casings but i guess they're single coils which yeah is, is funny but yeah yeah um so i i can't remember the first time I saw you do this, but it may have been with the blind shake or it may have been with hot snakes, but you have the stage move that I've been obsessed with where you'll be playing guitar 
and you'll point to someone in the front row and just put your foot on their chest. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess, could you walk me through that? When was the first time you debuted uh, that, that move? I don't know. I, it wasn't, that's definitely wasn't something that, um, where, where, uh, I had the idea to do it and then said, okay, I'm going to do this. And I think that was just something that happened in the moment. And one of the reasons why I continue to do it here and there is because I really appreciated, um, I really like, like getting in people's faces, you know, and I didn't think of it as being confrontational at all. But I just thought of it as a way to like, like kind of like literally just get in people's faces, you know, and it's funny how people react because sometimes there's friends, you know, I mean, people I don't know, but like a friendly person will like hold my foot up or grab it or, or tickle <laughs> me or, or try to tie my shoes together or do something funny, you know, and then other times there's people who get very angry. And obviously if someone's angry, I, you know, I, I, I won't, you know, persist, but it's. I don't know. I think I think it's just that little bit of G.G. Allen in me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think I, I've seen you do it so many times. I don't think I, I don't think I'll be doing that anymore because it just seems like uh, you have to be really, really careful what you do in terms of uh, pe- uh, people's personal space and whatnot. Oh, band practice. Let me. Can I let in the guys? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. It's on Zoom. You're you're free to come in and hang out. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I won't keep you too long. Um, but I, I just but, have a couple more questions. Yeah, so, go for it. Um, so, and and it's just you know this is maybe a selfish personal question, but one of my favorite live clips of of Rocket is, um, you guys playing Glastonbury. You know, yeah, all those, all those years ago. The muddy, the mud, yeah. the mud, right? Uh huh. And and the clip is of of you playing on a rope, uh-huh. where you where you kind of make a dividing. You know, you you create like an an alleyway in the crowd, and you just have people, you know, body, you know, do kind of uh, you know, slide in the mud and yes, yeah, like a slip and slide, to, yeah, yeah. slip and slide. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I, I guess you know, with that band, you first started the band with the concept that you would only play house shows, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I guess, you know, when you were up on stage at Glastonbury, did you kind of have any of those moments where you were like, how did this happen? <laughs> like, how did we, because it seems like, you know, there's so many people there and, and, you know, with how enthusiastic they are, how great you're playing, you just seem like the biggest band in the universe at that moment. <laughs> like, was it well, pretty bizarre? It was, it was, uh, well, we were not the biggest band in the universe. I think that we were playing in the middle of the day. So I don't think it was. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, just the feeling like, it, uh, I don't know. It, it just seemed like, a, you know what it was? Special performance. So it was, you know, I, I, I think Glastonbury was known for always being um, potentially, you know, kind of hampered by weather. And it was in a pasture. Um, you know, I think, the, I'm not sure. I think there's some mythology that it's, you know, the Glastonbury dates back to some kind of pagan ritual, the summer, the some solstice or something like that. But regardless, you know, here we are at this festival and we played quite a few festivals at, at that point. And they're always a shit show. And this was literally a shit show. I mean, just, it looked like poop covered 
and everything, you know, and everybody was bitching about it. All the other bands were saying how horrible it was. And there was very little fun really to be had. And, um, you know, I think we just looked at it like, this is fucking ridiculous. This is hilarious. <laughs> like all these people dressed up, you know, these bands dressed up and they're just covered in mud and they, and there's nowhere to walk, you know, everything had to be like planked off. And you're, so you're like walking on these little planks to like, just connecting to the bathroom, to the bus, to your, your trailer, to wherever, you know, just walking these planks everywhere. And then hearing stories about how like, yeah, no, people are literally like covered in mud, like up to their necks and some parts of the, the festival site. And so when we played and just, um, you know, the ridiculousness of, of, I mean, festivals are gross to begin with, right? You're just right. like, in a, you're sleeping in a tent and it's just, it's just, there's so many bands and everyone's like, oh, it just it just seems nasty. So here it is at its nastiest, which is, which was hilarious. And I think it was, we were just having fun with the moment, you know, and, and it was a pretty easy call, you know, it's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to play more songs or do you want to just like tell people what to do? I love telling people what to do. So I just told people to, to, you know, I, I did part the crowd and then I, I don't know, it lasted for a long time. People just slipping in the mud and whatnot. And then when people started throwing mud at us, it was like, you know, other bands were getting mud thrown at them and they're like well, walking off stage. Whereas we were like, yeah, just bring it, you know I mean? Who cares? You know? Um, yeah, it's just how you react to that. Like I say, turning, turning, turning a uh, lemonade into lemons. <laughs> yeah. at, at the height of Rocket, you know, there's there's the legendary, you know, you had a policy with tattoos. You know, if, if you got a Rocket from the Crypt tattoo, you could get into a show. Is is that right? Is that what? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, I mean, it it was it was kind of like straight edge you know it happened on accident it wasn't like right. we went out and said this is what it is and everybody got to go do this it was literally a couple of our friends had them uh, they were the people that were already always you know on the guest list anyways so we said hey if they show you you know and sandy if they show you the the tattoo then they get in and then it became a thing and then once it was kind of a thing it was like well i mean it was a good story. Don't want to fucking piss on a good story. So just kind of <laughs> let that happen. And then, you know, eventually, yeah, it became problematic. I remember we played somewhere where the guy's like, like some guy's like, Hey, I tried to get into to, to your show, but they wouldn't let me in. I got tattoo. I'm like, Oh man, I'm sorry, man. It's like, yeah, the guy wouldn't fucking let me in, man. That fucking suck. I'm like, Oh man, I'm sorry. They were supposed to let me. Can I see your tattoo? And he's like, pulls up his army. It's like this tattoo of a fucking banana. I'm like, Hey, you know, like, Bananas are cool and all, but like, that's, yeah, I mean, right. it's kind of not the thing, you know, <laughs> that's, you got to go check out fucking banana for that band. You tried to get into that for free, you know? But yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, that'd be funny if you had like a screening process, you had to approve of the tattoo. Right. <laughs> you know? But it was a, it was a story that people ran with because it is fun and interesting and whatnot. And, but it was never like, and then we're going, I mean, if anything, we were making fun of like, you know, kiss army and things like that you know where these rock stars you know like basically demanded that you you know pledge allegiance to the, <laughs> to the rock and roll flag you know and buy all of our stuff <laughs> you know buy all the dolls and buy everything you know buy the casket you know i yeah. think we're just kind of making fun of that shit you know there should be a and everyone in crypt actual crypt you know? right yeah yeah way better than the kiss casket <laughs> yeah. that's the next step 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Be buried with your favorite band. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's, wanna... that's better than that's actually a better idea than like these cruises the bands do where like go on a cruise, like be buried with your favorite band <laughs> yeah. rock in eternity. Like... Yeah. It's like a Viking funeral. <laughs> Just right. Like, yeah. 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 Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. That's good. That's that's a good idea, actually. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, I don't want to keep you. I know you have band practice, but yeah. So I, I guess, is there anything coming in the pipeline from Swami records that's not related to your. Yeah. Projects? Well, the Swami John Reese thing just came out. I think it just hit the stores last week. Plosives record will be, you know, delayed, but any, any, any day or week now, um, uh, I'm doing a record by this band called meat wave from Chicago. Oh yeah. They're great. Yeah. yeah yeah releasing a single tomorrow uh digitally uh with their full lp coming later on in the year i'm really stoked on that and then um and then everything else is working on other things but but it would be too premature to to discuss because it could be another 10 years before some of these things see the light of day so we'll see yeah who knows yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well john it was awesome meeting you nice meeting you as well Bye. see you see you in a couple weeks or whatever in uh, philly yeah, man. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. All right. All right. Come up Take and say care. hi. All right. Later, man. Later. Bye.